Hi, everybody. A quick message before we begin today's podcast. We have just released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. Stay tuned for the end of the episode for more information. Welcome to Living a Better Life podcast with your host, Madeline Golick. This is a weekly podcast exploring a variety of topics on how you can live a better life, not just physically, but in all aspects of what it means to be human living in a modern world. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not replace professional or medical advice. This podcast is sponsored by Ecophysiotherapy, where their mission is to educate, empower, and rehabilitate you back to health. Without further ado, please enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us. Joining us today is Madeline Golek. Madeline is a pelvic health physiotherapist. She founded Ecophysiotherapy, and she is also a body intelligence coach. And if you don't know what that is, that is what you're going to find out right here and right now. And you're going to find out what gold lies within this realm of her world. It might be a question in your mind, how do you go from being a pelvic health physiotherapist to a body intelligence coach? And I think it's going to be perfectly clear by the end of this conversation, the link between those things. Also, Madeline is a, she's really humble about this, but her hobby is Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She rocks. (laughs) And she's a mom of one and lives in the greater Toronto area here in Ontario, Canada. So I'm super excited to have you with us, Madeline. We talk a lot here in Spark Sisterhood about our mind, our, you know, our um, forebrain and our primal mind, that limbic system. We talk about our body as mind and how we can navigate these aspects of ourself to help us attune and align to the truth that exists within and to generate the outcomes that we truly want to move towards. And having you here today just takes that whole conversation to a whole new level. I find it so beneficial to come at these conversations from different angles because it fills out the picture. I always say it makes it 3D instead of if we're one person looking at it, it's two-dimensional. So welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm going to let you start wherever you please in terms of how you ended up here talking with us. Yeah, I'm finding myself smiling as you're kind of describing, you know, your perspective of how you um, speak with your uh, members. And I was like, yep, that's that sounds like right in alignment with what we're really uh, talking about here. And And it's kind of the journey that's like led me to body intelligence. It's just like, you know, life is always like this and you just don't know where it's going to sort of take you. So, you know, as a pelvic health physiotherapist, I spend a lot of time in research related to like pain science, pain neuroscience. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm also a bit of a nerd um, love geeks. Love geeks. Yeah. Like I could sit in scientific literature, like, you know, people are like, what kind of books do you read when you're like trying to chill out? And I'm like, um, you know, the science of the universe, nothing, nothing, you know, 
um, you know, at, at, at reading Neil deGrasse's like, you know, astrophysics book. And I was like, wow, mind blowing. Um, and I spend a lot of time nowadays and have been for quite some time in the trauma realm. Mm. So I'm trying to, so both from like a professional standpoint, trauma informed care, and I practice within a biopsychosocial model, which just basically means there's biology, there's the mind and how we think. And then there's like the social aspect that we are social beings. We must interact with an environment and all of those things impact, you know, what we experience. And so, and then I am an entrepreneur. I run a business. I run a multidisciplinary clinic. And so it's like this culmination of, I just started my business year and a half later, got pregnant, had a child, then, you know, had what I call multiple moments of like midlife crises of like, who am I? What am I here to do? What is my purpose? I want to be a better version of myself for my daughter. And so that really sprung me into like, I was already into personal development as well, but this like really like flung me. And so I really got interested in trauma and like the neuroscience behind it. Like, how does it actually, like, how does my experience translate into my body and how does it then repeat itself in future future instances. So I began to mm. notice like, you know, just having a lot of like hangups about doing things and showing up the way yeah. I wanted to show up because it was safe for me to be like this pre, you know, pre-baby and pre-business. I could hide. But when you're trying to step into the world and make a great impact, like you have to step forward. And you have to step into the light. And it's really was a scary thing for me socially. So just like, it sometimes took me like 20, 25 minutes to send an email. Like, did I type this out right? Is this proper English? Like, is this going to get missed? You know, like, it's just like, and, you know, when you're trying to get a lot of to-do things done and you're like dwelling over an email for 25 minutes, or like, I have to make this phone call and like, I want to offer this program to my clients, but like, I don't know how to say it. And what if they say no? And it turned into this like really big body experience. And then as I continued to grow and like create new programs, you know, I'd go from like showing up and feeling like really good, like, yes, I rocked it. And then like something happens. And this is kind of the pattern I picked up on. I'd be like, do, 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 plugging along. And then something happens. And then it was like a up with a hard, fast crash that would take me weeks to like pick myself up to build the mental fortitude to get back, you know, on track and in line with my business goals. And so like these things, you know, these things happen is something that happens a lot in business. There's always something happening. And I found it just like always feeling like I'm always in survival mode. Mm. Yeah. Right. So then it's like, I go to therapy. Then I talk to my therapist about, about all the trauma research I'm doing. And I'm like, here's what I think is wrong with me. 
Let's talk about that. That's where we go. Can I just highlight that for a moment? It's immediately where we go. I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. There's this thing I need to like weed out, extract, get rid of, fix, right? It's where we automatically go. And it's actually why I love to, I think because I've benefited from this so much myself, then I love to facilitate women being together in a group. And I mean, I even had this, this morning, I went for a walk with my neighbor and it's like just having a conversation, just having a real conversation with another human. It shows you, oh, I'm actually just a human having a human experience. And it doesn't mean that experience needs to take me out, like you're saying, for two, three weeks every time and knock me off course for my goals. But if I understand my humanity and my physiology and my psychology and my social environment, then I can under I can see the pattern that's unfolding. I can, you know, notice it sooner before I'm way off the tracks. And when I do fall off the tracks, I can re- I cannot just beat myself up because I did. I can say like, oh yeah, I'm having a human experience. I remember that when I fall off the train entirely, that I can access this, this, and this, and it gets me closer back to where I want to go. But I just think it's important to notice like Aaron and I have said so many times, like you are not broken, but that's exactly what we're saying is that it, it's not that there's something wrong with you. You're a human having a human experience. And I think learning anything from you know, I am also a personal development junkie and I love this whole idea of how our psychology interacts with our physiology and vice versa. I said to my friend the other day, there's chickens and eggs everywhere. And essentially saying it all flows both ways. But um, when we can, I'm distracting myself by getting off, like tying it all together. But when we can appreciate those things, we can just be really compassionate to the experience that we're in and we can take it on in a different way where it's not about us being wrong and the problem. Yeah, indeed, which led me to somatics, right? So somatics is just really a mind-body approach where we become aware of the like sensations and the things that are happening within our bodies, which led me to my training in somatic experiencing, which I'm going through right now, um, which is like rooted in trauma work, right? So this is this is um, trauma-based work. And what I've discovered in my process is that we get we get stuck in patterns. And these patterns, I understood them from like a perspective, right? There are certain patterns that we our physiology takes us in for the purpose of self-protection, self-preservation, and ultimately survival. And this is why we need to come at this with compassion because when we get into patterns that seem like they're problematic. So when I say like something happens and I go up and I, and I go down, that's coming from my nervous system, trying to protect either my physical being or my ego or my inner child, realistically speaking. Right. And so I recognize both in my own personal therapy and then in understanding trauma work that, you know, we are not broken. There's nothing wrong with us. We get into these patterns from the most basic and highest level purpose of survival. So that's why we need right. to be compassionate to when we go into reaction or when we have these things happen, there ha- our physiology thinks there's a danger or a threat. 
The problem, I think, in our modern day society is that because most of our threats are generally speaking, not like physical related, but sort of ego and and um, um, inner child related that, you know, we're getting and we don't talk about these things. Right. So. These patterns show up to protect us in that sense. And that's where I felt like I was always kind of feeling like in survival mode because I was always like getting into these patterns. Mm -hmm. But then now I understand that these patterns are for self-preservation and that, in fact, I'm not actually really under threat, that it's a perceived threat to my ego or a perceived threat and mm-hmm. so I can come at it with compassion. I can now understand it with a greater sense of awareness. And because I understand the body sensations associated with the response coming, that I'm now able to shift. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I understood it from that perspective. And then, you know, I was like, reading about body intelligence. And I was like, man, we really don't understand how our physiology works. Like what are the physical sensations, right? We're really good with IQ, which is like, yes, mindset work and how we think is super important. So we got like IQ, we have EQ, which is like emotional intelligence, where we are seeing that coming up more and more in the mainstream, like learning about how to identify emotions and work with them. But, you know, I don't hear a lot of body intelligence and our body is kind of like a doorway into the subconscious mind. It's the doorway into our, you know, primitive emotional self. And so there's usually physiological clues that start to come up that let Mm -hmm. us know that we're getting activated. And if we can catch the activation without it having to reach a peak where things like get really chaotic, then we're, you know, we're, we can be more regulated. But I was kind of like, boom, up and then hard crash down. So I wasn't regulating very well. And the problem in entrepreneurship and in relationships and in business, when we're dysregulated in our body, we do not have access to the logical mind. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> It's like the body has no idea that there is a thinking brain that even exists. It's just neurologically not possible. Mm -hmm. When we go up into arousal, and especially the higher we go into arousal, the less creative, the less open we are, the less ability we have to problem solve because we're in an activated state. And as far as our physiology is concerned, it literally thinks there's a tiger about to eat you. It does not care that so-and-so said this and this customer complained and, you know, your launch didn't go the way you want. Your physiology is like, oh, tiger, tiger. Mm -hmm. And so it gets really difficult to go into the thriving problem solving when we're in that state. And so the body intelligence is like, first and foremost, we must regulate the biology and the neurology, right? Our nervous system. If we know how to work with our body and stabilize that in a more regulatory way, all of a sudden our higher faculties of the brain, forebrain, start to come up and we're better able at problem solving. Um, We're better, 
capable of interacting socially with others in a more aligned way, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but it's really hard for people to kind of really understand kind of the really like neurological piece Mm -hmm. with body intelligence. Have you seen this analogy? I'm sure. Yeah. So this is one that we've shared quite often about flipping the lid. So this is like our primal amygdala, the limbic system of our brain, that emotional center of our brain. And this is like our forebrain, the new guy on the scene and the, you know, evolutionary process. And so the, the, the little hand image is, um, for kids, I believe is how it was originated. But the idea is that when we flip our lid, so when we are activated or something triggers us, then the forebrain comes off essentially. (laughs) And it's the emotional brain, that little amygdala that's running the show in there. And it's not until we can, you know, come out from that, that this is accessible to us again. We've all experienced that in some way. It might be like, maybe you, maybe you've seen it in, your child, or even, you know, somebody that you're in conflict with, or felt it in yourself, where you look back and you're like, Oh, but I have all the tools. How come I couldn't access them in that moment? Well, that's why, because until they're actually embodied, and in your body intelligence, they start off by entering, you know, either typically, if you're reading about it, learning about it, your, your, um, your forebrain, right? That's where you're thinking when you're thinking about the tools, that's where you're thinking about the tools. But yeah, yeah. that's just a yeah, nice no, little... it's a great analogy. I love that. And, and so this sort of like led me down to really think about like, how can I bridge what I know in trauma work and neuroscience and neurobiology and polyvagal theory, all of these words that mean nothing to most people. And like, really bring it into, and because I've been doing this myself, like into the business entrepreneurial realm. And so these patterns, so I, I, I came across these patterns that if I superimpose like the neurophysiological response on top of the, these patterns, it makes it a better understanding. And I'm being vague about what these patterns are um, for the moment, because we're going to go through a little exercise where I would like to read off a couple of sentences and I'm going to obviously do the experiment with you because you're in front of me. But for those listening, I want you to like make mental notes about like, I'm going to say a couple sentences per pattern. So there's three different patterns. And I just want you to make a mental note of like where you sort of have more, like where it resonates more often which pattern, and then I'll tell you what those patterns are, but I'm not going to tell you in full detail, but this is how, this is how we're going to, this is how we're going to do it. Are you, are you ready to join this experiment with me? Ready. Okay. Here we go. So we're going to do pattern one. Okay. So Mm -hmm. pattern one is associated with thoughts like I messed up. I mess up all the time. I should have I shouldn't have. It's your fault. I feel like this. You're the problem. The economy, the government, it, they're doing something that is making it really difficult for me to do what I want to do in my business. It's their fault. It's the economy's fault. My business isn't doing well. It's the sales team's fault that 
you know, we're not hitting the revenue targets. It's, it's my fault that I didn't accomplish the goal that I was going to accomplish. Okay. So that's pattern one. Okay. Pattern two. This happened to me. So therefore, you know, I can't do this because, you know, this happened to me. This and this didn't happen. And I would have been better off if those things would have happened. Because of this, I can't do it. Why is this always happening to me? This is always happening to me. I feel so hopeless and powerless. I give up. I can't do this. The universe hates me. Okay, that's pattern two. Pattern three. I avoid conflict at all costs. Oh, no, no, I'll do it for you. Let, let me just help you. Let me just help you. Man, I've taken on way too many projects. Man, I'm a people pleaser. I really try hard to fit in. I just, I want, you know, I want to, I want to be part of the group. I have no boundaries. So that's pattern three. Mm -hmm. Any patterns for you where you feel like some of the sentences resonate more, like more than others? So it's really funny because I think what happens when you're reading them out because you they're illustrated in not the extreme, but like in the not pretty sense of it that I noticed because I've done a lot of this work that like quickly my ego pops into the picture and is like, well, not that, not, I'm not that close to that. And I, it's, we just are so primed to, to, it's easy to talk about these things as if they are over there. And that's actually mm -hmm. what was standing out to me before when, um, and something that you were saying, I can't remember exactly what you were saying, but I find it happens a lot right now where we talk about like, um, sorry to bring up this word, but when we talk about COVID fatigue, when we talk about what we're seeing in yeah. the kids in school, when we're talking about what we're seeing in parents, we talk about it as if it's other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all of us in our own version of that. And so I just feel like that's an important piece to acknowledge that like, my ego was kicking and screaming and being like, no, I don't fit those ugly things. Okay. So just to acknowledge that for a second and then to set it aside and to be a real human. I'll come back to it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't connect so much with pattern one. Um, I connect with aspects of pattern two and, and pattern three. Um. I'm not sure, and I don't know as much as you know about patterns at all. So I'm not sure if there's usually like one distinct or like a primary and kind of a secondary. Mm. So what was it that I connected with most? Let me just, um, can you give me like a couple keywords again? Yeah. From pattern so two and pattern three. Yeah. So pattern two is like, this happened to me, therefore. Right. So I want you to think of like people, events, circumstances are happening to me and yep. therefore... I, I can't do 
Yeah. The thing, or I'm not capable of doing it because I wasn't given this opportunity or that opportunity. So kind of that sort of idea. Mm-hmm. Whereas pattern three is more about um, examples would be like, it's just better if I do it. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. I know you tried. It's okay. I'll just do it. It'll get done. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. So I think at the core of it, I think in the true essence of my being, I think circumstances can make you experience different aspects of different patterns. I think at the core of my being, I'm that pattern three. I always introduce myself as a recovering approval seeker. And I think it's actually part of being an empathetic person is that you sometimes, I, I'm going to talk about me, I sometimes can feel someone else's suffering equally or more than I can feel my own and I'm suffering, they're suffering. And so I want to go over there and fix it for them. And it's actually, when I can do that, then I um, also feel like there is a, it makes me feel better about myself. Right. Yep, And that is very much a pattern three thing. Yeah. So I think that that at the core is more of my default pattern. Although by all means, I have ended up in that circumstance where I'm like in defeat, but I think it's more of like, I think that's more of like life circumstantial, (laughs) except that is pattern two to feel that way. But (laughs) I think that's more of like a cultivated thing than the, like, I think my true essence of like what I can recognize from even being like a kid is in that, that pattern three. And I want to just thank you really, like really deeply thank you for your level of honesty of (laughs) like, but this is what I mean by body intelligence, right? Like Mm. you picked up on something happening within you, Mm. right? That something happened. I started reading this. So I'm the one happening, right? I'm bringing something in and your nervous system, right? In this particular case, there's no physical threat here. Yeah. Yeah. There's a threat to the ego because I'm, I'm suggesting that there could be some aspect is you and your ego's like, well, that's not me. Right. So it goes into protection, Mm -hmm. right? I want to protect my identity, Mm -hmm. even though none of these things are our identity, but to the ego, it's to the ego. Yeah. So like, how dare you question my, or say something about my identity, which were none of these things being in pattern one, two, or three has nothing to do with your identity. There's nothing to do with it. Right. No. Yeah. So I want to talk about like the, like, I want to talk about the humanness and I want to talk about also the fact that you brought up something really important that I hope Mm. others were catching as well. That we're never just in one pattern. Right. These patterns show up like a triangle that we can go from one pattern to the next, depending on what the circumstance, also depending on the level of arousal that Mm. is occurring in that situation. Okay. So there's nothing bad about being in any of these patterns, right? Because Already the ego wants to assign these are bad, right? Yeah. None of yeah. them are bad. They're called self-protection. In fact, yeah. it, you can't label wanting to protect yourself as being a bad thing. Right. So this isn't about good or bad. It's simply about recognizing that ultimately these patterns will show up when there's a defense that has mm. to come up. 
mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. I'm coming from a relative sense of safety, presence. I'm rooted in who I know I am, and I can re- I can act. uh, not react, but I can respond from alignment or respond from a relative sense of safety versus responding from a sense of threat. Mm -hmm. And so these patterns, you're going to see aspects of yourself in all of them. Yes, of course, I'm picking the more extreme examples, but they do show up in some cases in those ways, the words just might be slightly different. And so it's not about what, you know, specifically, Some of us have, you know, maybe more tendency toward a specific type of pattern. Mm -hmm. Um, And that will depend on our life experiences and what our systems had to go through. So we may have a more default like pattern, but really we we will experience, we can experience leveling, leveling degrees of these different patterns. Mm -hmm. And so it's not about a judgment piece. It's just simply understanding that this is a neurophysiological, like the body is to something, but Mm -hmm. but it's coming from a place of more fear than it is of safety. Right. And so when we think about the forebrain, as soon as we start to experience a sense of fear within our ego or inner child, right, It, it, it will flip the lid to a certain extent, right? The greater the stress, the greater the stress, the greater the stress, the less likely we are to sort of act in alignment with the things that we want to achieve, right? So if I go into pattern one, which I will label as the villain or the prosecutor, it's the blamer, right? So if if there's a problem in an organization, let's say, for example, where targets weren't hit, Well, it's like, oh, it was the sales team. Oh, no, 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 it was the manufacturing. It was, well, we didn't get the parts that we needed. And so everybody's blaming everybody else, none of which the conversation is about solutions. Mm -hmm. It's about let's identify all the problems, Mm -hmm. right? And then blame somebody for them, right? So that that would be sort of in pattern, pattern one. Then pattern two is more of the victim, right? It's happening to me. I wasn't given all the opportunities. It's that sort of self, self-defeat. And we've all been there because we are all human, right? Mm-hmm. Pattern three is coming in as the hero. I want to be the hero. I want to save the day. And by us saving the day, not to say that we can't empathize for somebody, but when we're the ones doing it for somebody, how does that somebody ever learn? We feel better because we feel too uncomfortable to hold accountability and responsibility, both in myself and the other person involved in the situation. But we want to take it on to temporarily relieve our discomfort. And therefore, nobody takes responsibility. And now I'm the one with all of these extra responsibilities with a to-do list like this. And so my pro really need my attention the the projects where I'm acting out of my zone of genius, where I'm like in what I do best, I'm now doing things that is not what I'm doing best, which is why we hire people and delegate things, right? But if we're just going to take it back, right? We're not Mm -hmm. really utilizing our time very well, right? And so it's not that we'll never go into these patterns, right? So when we think about like, how do we change 
or what helps us change these patterns? Mm-hmm. First and foremost, we need awareness. Yeah. Right. We need the knowledge. Like we need to kind of understand, okay, that these patterns exist and these patterns exist physiologically. And we sort of understand how it impacts the whole situation. And then we need the body intelligence piece, mm. which is a, which is basically learn, you need to become body literate, right? You need to understand, you have to have the language of the body. And most of us do not have the language, right? And so learning how your body actually speaks to you will oftentimes give you clues when you start going and or will give you clues when you're in the drama triangle, right? Mm -hmm. And so you need the awareness, you need to know what the cues are that you might be there so that you can simply say to yourself, oh, you know what? I'm going into the pattern. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we can calm our, like, you know, we can then calm the body, bring the forebrain back online, use our thinking brains, our creativity, our curiosity, our openness, our social engagement systems to really seek the solutions and then when we come from that place, that's where we can really move forward in making the money we want to make, gaining the status we want to gain, the fame, you know, the health, the relationships, the achievements, right? We want to feel kind of like we're moving toward that in a way that is in alignment with our true self, because these patterns is not who we are at the mm-hmm. core of our being. So mm-hmm. how do we begin to shift ourselves learn the language of who we are at the core and then have that as the guiding principle for moving forward with our goals and dreams. There is so much gold that you just dropped there, Madeline. And I'm going to just highlight a couple pieces of it. I think one, and I like, feel like I can't even do it all justice because that was beautiful. I think one is that um, piece of when we have flipped the lid, when we have become activated, Being aware in our body, developing that body intelligence helps us to notice it maybe here instead of right here. And so it becomes easier to return. That's one piece. The second piece is that when we have flipped the lid and we don't have access to our forebrain, our body becomes our access point. That is the premise of somatic experiences from what I'm hearing you say, is that we can actually bring the forebrain back into action, back onto the scene through our body when we recognize one, what our body's doing and two, how we can change that physiological experience in order to change that psychological experience so that we can interact with our social environment in the way that is in true alignment with us, which is the third piece of gold there is that as we bring awareness to our patterns, to our body, and to who we are, and the truth of ourselves, then we, you know, when we do get the lid back on, we are, we've cultivated that connection to our truth and to who we are, so that we can move forward in alignment in a way that really feels true, for using the same word again, but really fills us up. And it's, it's, in resonance versus dissonance. So it's energizing versus exhausting. So I felt like those three pieces like that awareness before we fully flipped, 
you know, the body as our access point to bring our forebrain back on the scene and our forebrain having cultivated the awareness of what is real and true to us, we're genuine gold nuggets. And I feel like I could take a mic and drop it. And yeah. if this is as far as you took the conversation, you know, for those of you that are listening, if this is as far as you ever took it, the awareness that you've garnered here from what Madeline has shared, if you are fertile soil ready for this information, this knowledge, it now has you scanning your environment and your physiology in a whole new way. And when we start allowing that new data to come in, because we have new awareness, you can't unsee what you've already seen. It changes, it paints a fuller picture of our reality and allows us to navigate already with more intention. Yeah. And I'm not going to share anymore because that was already <laughs> a lot. Uh, not, not here. Yeah. However, if you are, if this kind of was like, whoa, okay, mm -hmm. I want to like, I, I need more info. Mm -hmm. Then you can you need get more. Yeah, you can, you can get more. So I'm yeah. going to be taking this conversation further in your women's wisdom circle. Yes. So in is, our membership yeah. called the nourish, we host a monthly women's wisdom circle and we have asked Madeline, she has kindly agreed to come and join our women's wisdom circle. And in this circle, it is truly about not only connecting with each other, but also seeing ourselves in the context of each other, painting that 3D picture versus two-dimensional. And the way that we approach it, we approach it from body attunement and mind-soul attunement. And so this conversation about somatic experiences, you can see how that is in perfect alignment with what we do in the, wisdom, the women's wisdom circles, where it's learning about our physiology learning about how it interacts with our body and our lived experience and learning about how we can connect with our soul. Madeline's going to tell you, I think a little bit more of what she's going to bring yep. to that women's wisdom circle. It's happening November 9th to Tuesday, right? The 9th. It's Tuesday. a Tuesday. Yeah. So it's happening November 9th. That's next yep. Tuesday at 1:30 Eastern time. This is an event that happens inside of our membership, but we are extending an invitation to all of you. If you are interested in joining for this conversation, you can send me a DM. I will make sure that you can join us. You have access to that. We would love, love, love to have you there. It is 47 USD to join the circle and it is well worth every single penny. What will you be sharing with us there, Madeline? Where are we taking this yep. conversation? Well, we are going to move from you know, the drama triangle into embodying your hell yes. So, so we are going to dive a little deeper into the drama triangle. We're going to dive into the winner's triangle. So we're going to talk mm -hmm. about what actually happens when we're not there and we do make shifts. What, how do we shift from the drama triangle into the winner's triangle and what does the winner's triangle consist of? Okay. So right. So of course you want to know at least that what's like yeah. the flip side of that. And I'm going to be walking everybody through a experiential embodiment exercise so that we can learn from a body intelligence perspective. What does a hell yes feel like versus a hell no versus a soft no. And so this is going to be kind of that really nice introduction into experiencing our body 
as a form of communication. So you will leave that masterclass or that class with at least an idea of some bodily sensations that you can then use as a practice, but also helping you in really deciding from a like deep, you know, knowing, do I say yes to this activity? Do I say no? You know, how do I know? Because a lot of times, you know, we sort of feel like, well, how do I know if this is the right, you know, there is no making a right or wrong decision because Mm -hmm. everything is a learning opportunity. Uh, But I feel like we could go about our, with just like a little bit more ease. Yeah. If we actually could hone into the body intelligence, that deep sense of self and knowing, and really, if we could start making decisions from that place, Mm -hmm. but how do we know if we're making decisions from that place? Right. And that's exactly the tool that you help others and you help people develop because that is what you have immersed yourself in and practice and experience. And I've had this beautiful experience with Madeline. We have done a somatic experience together. And I tell you, it was amazing. It was like affirming. It brought clarity. It brought new awareness to future situations where I understood what I was experiencing in, because I recognized the experience in my body and that is the power of having that you know what Madeline is talking about about you know identifying what that feels like it just it just I can't even (laughs) it just makes like such a clearer picture and when we have that information we are better equipped to navigate we talk a lot about self-compassion and then we guilt ourselves for not being able to do self-compassion better the irony, right? In the personal development realm. I find when we generate an understanding of our physiology, of our humanity, of our psychology, of our sociology, self-compassion happens. It's not something we work at. It's that awareness of our human experience, our physiologic experience. It's that, that, that makes self-compassion available to us. So If this speaks to you, we would love, love, love to have you join us on that circle on November 9th at 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. And again, you can send me a DM and I will make sure that you have what you need to join. Thank you so much for joining us today, Madeline. This conversation is so, so, so valuable. Is there anything that anyone has, is there like something that someone said to you at any point in time? I didn't tell you I'm asking this question that just stuck with you that maybe like brought a new awareness or that Mm -hmm. kind of like shifted your trajectory or something like that. That's, is there something that's just really stuck with you that, that hundred percent, hundred percent. And and it's like, it's, it's like an immediate, Mm. I was having a conversation with somebody because I run a podcast. So it was in the context of a podcast and I was talking about, um, this tool that I use in physiotherapy where we identify dangers and safeties. And he asked me a question and he said, is it more important to remove the danger or is it more important to foster the safety? That gave me goosebumps. (laughs) Yeah. 
Like that was the beginning of the end Mm. for me because it sprung, that was the thing that sprung me into the polyvagal theory that led, that led me to somatics that like led me to here. Like that is literally the one question that like changed everything for me that like changed my complete and entire perspective. And without that question, I would not be in body. Like I would not be doing the body intelligence piece um, without that question. That is such a beautiful example of how one little piece, one little crack into your awareness can totally change your reality. Right. Yeah. Cause then you magnetized all this information and it magnetized you. Thank you again, Madeline. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I can't wait to dive in more. November 9th, be sure to sign up. You don't want to miss it. Catch you soon. Okay, bye. Hey guys, thanks for hanging out. So as I mentioned at the beginning, we have recently released a free mini training called How to Work with Labor Pain to Have a Positive Birth Experience. And in this mini training, I take you through what pain is, how labor pain is different than like an acute ankle sprain type of pain. I talk about the three different ways that you can work with pain. And then at the end, I actually teach three different ways that you can work with labor pain to have a more positive birth experience. If you would like to access this free mini training, you can go to courses.ecophysio dot com forward slash mini training or you can look in the description of today's podcast episode at the end of the description a link will be there for you to get the free mini training hope to connect with you there thank you for listening to living a better life podcast make sure to subscribe to our show to stay up to date with our latest and greatest episodes We would also love to hear your comments, suggestions, and reviews. Thanks again. Until the next episode. Bye for now.